Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome up the Lats Rund podcast. Nice. Woo. Good effort. <laughs> this <laughs> is my partner was... and also my lover, Sean Gray. <laughs> and uh, that was, of course, welcome to the last lap podcast. Last lap podcast. Last. Um, yep. And we come in tonight off the back of the Belgian Grand Prix. Indeed. Um the eagle-eared among of you may notice that that wasn't perfect Flemish. Um, you can blame the internet for not providing me a free English to Flemish translator service. Um, so we had to make do with the Dutch. Boo the internet! <laughs> How dare... Stupid series of tubes. <sighs> but, however, the series of tubes allows us to bring you the Last Lap podcast every week, so I can't really complain. Um, and a different series of tubes, or possibly a satellite involved in there somewhere... Brought us the Belgian Grand Prix last weekend, uh, and well, it had a few talking points. <laughs> Where to begin? I think hmm. is the, <sighs> the right phrase. But I think, say. <laughs> I think, interestingly, unlike the last three or four Grand Prix, we had in in a way a, a fairly standard qualifying session. Uh-huh. It, yeah. it rained a bit at the start, which made it a bit fun, but we didn't really end up actually losing yeah, anybody grip. important. <laughs> at that point so it ended up pretty much as you'd kind of expect it didn't it you had i mean like i mean in terms of teams you had the mercedes clear in front and then it was sort of the red bulls and the williamses and the ferraris but mixing if you, it if you look at the top 10 it's all the big teams it's yeah. mercedes red bull ferrari and mclaren <laughs> so one, it's just kind of like normality argue, is restored almost one could argue depending on which side of the fence you sit that uh uh, Rosberg out qualifying Lewis to take pole was a bit not a shock but a bit you know you might have, might have fancied Lewis's raw pace to get the pole on this one as it was he didn't Nico did at the time I was thrilled obviously as a Nico fan uh, Lewis second was it Vettel third it was indeed yeah very good uh, very good, good qualifying from Vettel yeah. uh, Alonso in fourth another astounding drive from Alonso to drag that Ferrari up to uh, some giddy heights. The man knows no bounds. He does, indeed. Well, he, he knows the bounds of first, second or third, pretty much. But... <laughs> no, anything else, he's fine. Everything else, <laughs> absolutely. With, well within the bounds. Uh, Danny Rick fifth, Valtteri Bottas sixth, uh, Kevin Magnussen, good qualifying for seventh, uh, Kimi Raikkonen eighth, uh, Massa ninth, poor qualifying essentially for him. And Jensen Button running off the top ten. Yeah, I think Massa will be the most disappointed out of that entire list there. He, that car was probably good enough to be in the top five. They just, they well, they do say that they work better in the warm, don't they? That's true. Yeah. And uh, it was yes, decidedly chilly in the. Um, is it the Arden spell? Yeah. The Arden Forest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, so... Hey, yeah, why, why are these? They're funny. It's like the, you always kind of feel like so far this season they're just on the cusp of winning something yeah going out there and just hammering a one two in and going wow and you just feel like it's always just about there and there's always something it's just not quite like it's, it's good there's good signs it shows that you know they're slowly getting back to where they are you just feel like they're every weekend you come away going oh and it could have just been a wee bit more 
Almost. It'll come. I think it'll come for them. Yeah, that's that's probably true enough. So. So yeah, pretty good qualifying. Like you say, a bit of rain, but a bit interesting. But at the end of the day, good shootout between the Mercedes. Rosberg takes pole. And, and I then, guess I guess we should probably actually be be fair to the to the grid. Um, how surprised were you to see Andre Lotterer a second faster oh, than well, Mark Well, in Zerickson? practice, in practice, he was going really quick as well. I had a look at the practice times on the Friday, and I noticed that I say I use the term "really quick" very, very loosely. There, <laughs> uh, I noticed that he was really quick in comparison to Ericsson, and I thought, oh well, if he's already you know five tenths, six tenths, nearly a second ahead of Ericsson, he's clearly no mug anyway. Which I was really quite pleased. Yes. Like you know. But there was a point in one of the qualifying sessions where he was 13 seconds off the pace. And <laughs> I thought, okay, well, this little experiment has been uh, a bit of a waste of time. And then, yeah, he suddenly pops up at the end of qualifying and comprehensively uh, out-qualified his... Uh... You, don't, you don't win Le Mans three times and not know how to drive a car. No. I don't but, like, you know, it's obviously decent. So, yeah, and I'm not... I don't really like Ericsson all that highly. He's in, as far as I'm concerned, he's... Not in the car for his talent. There's, if you're going to hire a GP2 guy, there's, I can name at least five guys better from the last couple yeah. of years of GP2 than Marcus Ericsson. Absolutely. So, to me, yeah, um, I, I kind of pleased me just to see this guy turn up and go, listen, son, this is how you drive the car. <laughs> like, like, bitch, please. You know, I'm 10 years, I'm, I'm old enough to be your dad. I'll show you how to drive this car. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and and also talking about the back markers, just while we're giving people credit for a good oh, qualifying. Yes. Yankee, yeah, managed again. That was that three times in. Yeah, three every races time, or no, it's not that much, is it? Every time there's a bit of you know a bit three of wet around. Six, I think, isn't it? The guy gives it a good going and got himself into Q two. You know, there's 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 a reason why he's being touted for the Ferrari drive, and it's not because you know his his last name happens to be highly Italian. No, exactly. He's good. He's very good. So that was qualifying, like you say, it was in quite normal, which, we, you know, do we compared have to, to talk the, about race, the race, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I've been talking got? about it I know, all fucking it's week. Weird. It's, that, it's that weird one where it has this, it's rumbled on into like non-Formula One circles, like people are asking me about it at work and stuff, and I'm like, people who don't normally talk about Formula One are seeing this on the news and going, oh, what's happened there, and knowing that I'm a Formula One fan, they'll come to me and say, what did you make of this incident? So you're right. I feel like I've been talking about it since, ever since it happened. Has, has everybody been coming to you as the, the sort of font of F1 knowledge and going, oh, what do you think that bastard Nico crashing into Lewis? And yeah. you're going, well, actually, I didn't think it was, or well, I don't really see it. Like, I mean, and watching their surprised look as you don't agree that it was terrible <laughs> to Lewis Hamilton. A lot of the people, uh, it's mostly been at work, and I made it, I've made it quite clear for the last six months how diehard a Nico Rosberg fan I am to everybody in my shop. So they all know I'm a Nico fan. So they'll say to me things like, oh, I bet you loved that at the weekend and stuff like that. And I would just have to sit there going, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny how it's transcended the, the, the general public now. It's, it is, it's, it's, if it wasn't Senna Prost before, pretty much is now. It is now, isn't it, yeah. Well, where do we begin? Should we begin think, with the let, winner of the Grand Prix? Let's do that because then it's a positive thing. I think we have to start with a positive thing that was really good to see. And, and you know, this isn't just positive from this weekend. This is positive for the whole season. This guy, 
the winner, Daniel Ricardo, continues to impress me so much. Like, I know, obviously, we'll go into Mercedes and they've had their problems, but the way he started fifth on the grid and he was up there within two laps and then, you know, never looked like losing the race. Superb drive. Just, he... Yeah, I just, I can't remember him putting a foot wrong at all. In tricky nope. conditions, you know, um, I, I guess you say maybe he was a bit lucky that Seb was a bit full of the joys of spring and, you know, he, he was able to over, overtake him, you know, when he Seb had made a mistake. But even so, it, even then, he it caught like up it to him so quick, him. It, it almost yeah. looked like it was going to happen regardless. So, um, I, I, I certainly don't. I'm not worried and about that's, that. That's three Grand Prix he's won now this season. In the season that nobody else but Mercedes yeah. were going to win Grand Prix. Every team, and if a, if a Mercedes isn't winning a race this year, Daniel Ricciardo is. And that says everything, I think he needs to say. Like He's got the same car as Sebastian Vettel. And fair enough, Ricciardo might have picked up one. Ricciardo might have picked up even two. But every time Mercedes have tripped over each other, it's been Ricciardo uh, left to pick up the pieces yep. and not Vettel. Like the fact that Vettel hasn't even had a sniff in any of the Grand Prix where Mercedes have ruined it for themselves, that's that, te- that tells its own story. Ricardo is comprehensively, like, just wiping the floor with a four-time world champion in his own back garden. Basically, he's come into that team and just went, "Nope, this is my patch." And it's just, um, you know. Anybody who listens to the show will know that we've had plenty to say about Vettel over the last couple of years. So, you know, we can't help but watch on with a smile. No, absolutely. It's um, uh, it's refreshing to talk about a Red Bull driver winning races and not feel it's the same thing over and over again. And I think that's, you know, uh, being as fair to Vettel as possible, you know, I think that was the problem, but that's why he got the got the stick was because it was, you know, qualify easily, disappear five seconds at the road, and then manage a race the rest of the way. Do you know what I mean? At ease mm-hmm. because you happen to be at the front, and you know, Daniel hasn't done that in any of his wins so far. So therefore, it's fairly refreshing, and it's you know, there's no oh God, it's the Reb, Red Bulls, you know, always there, bloody hell. No, totally. And uh, sure. you know, he's now. You know, he's close to the top. It's getting a little bit squeaky bum time a little bit for Mercedes, isn't it? Like, it's not in the bag as they seem to think it is. (laughs) Well, do you, Sean Gray, remember uh, the last time Daniel Ricciardo won a race? And I said, well, you can't count him out of the championship. And you went, no, no, it's going to be, there's no way you'll get close to And I said, well, they've already got to trip themselves up a couple of times. I still stand by. I don't think he will. I don't think he's... I don't think he'll beat either of the two top two. I think he'll come third in the championship. But unless, I don't know, something silly happens at Mercedes, which I'm sure we'll, we'll come into when we talk about their incident. But, I, I, you know, even... Double points in Abu Dhabi. I know, I know. Even with double points in Abu Dhabi. No, I just can't. I can't see... If Red Bull win the world championship this year, I'm, I'm done. I'm absolutely <laughs> <quit>. done. <laughs> I'm tapping out of Formula One. If, if, can you imagine Christian Horner's oh, face fuck. if Red Bull win the Drivers' Championship in 2014? Just not. I'm not having it. No. All right. I'll give you that one. <laughs> so, no. So, Danny Rick 
credit to him where it's due. He took the opportunity that was presented to him. Great start. Passed his teammate who admittedly made a little bit of a mistake, but I thought he would probably pass him anyway. At that point, he's got the two Mercedes to to defeat. And uh, what happened there then? Shall we go into that? Well. <laughs> probably, probably could take a while. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Two laps into the race. Rosberg gets a drive up a rouge from Hamilton. And coming into uh what is that there? Um It's the chicane, I can't remember. is it the neon chicane or something that's called? I can't remember off the top of it. You're you're so much better at the corner names than I am. <laughs> I don't know the circuits at all. It's just like yeah, the wiggly bit uh, at the top of a rouge. Um it's such a weird incident. It's so strange. Uh, and and then you take into, you know, your own, make up your own mind about the comments made after the race. And you like, it's so strange. Like, figure it this way. You've decided you're going to go for the move for whatever reason. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Whatever reason it is that you want to put on it, that's it. Why would you make why would you make contact with your front wing to your teammate's car? Are you are you saying this why would you do it? If you have, if, if you have you, if you, if you committed to being there regardless, yeah? You've got to think of what your worst case scenario is, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if you can manage it, wouldn't you try and tap wheels? Yeah. You wouldn't. Well, that, that that would be the least damaging thing. Have you? Have you? I mean, if you, if the two wheels tap side by side, you see that all the time. Generally, you can get away damage-free both cars. Or you're going to spin the car in front. Do you know what I mean? If you're if you're yeah, smart, uh, you do the tap, and you're backing out. You've got a reasonable chance that you'll slow down whilst the other guy's spinning off and not slowing down because obviously his brakes aren't working because he's spinning. Mm-hmm. So I don't. <laughs> So you're suggesting that if Nico was going into this deliberately, he could have done it differently. Do you know what I'm saying is if Nico was if if Nico did it deliberately for whatever De- reason, not not hit Lewis per se, but went in for the move deliberately, he didn't do a very fucking good job of it. No, because this is what I've been trying to say to people all week is that for the people who are saying that that Nico did it deliberately. 90 t- nine times out of ten, if you go in with your wing like that, you're going to lose the front wing more often than the guy in front's going to get a puncture. And he lost the wing anyway, so it, yeah, you know, I know he ended up second, but so you wouldn't go in with that intention unless he's doing some sort of insane double bluff thing with the Mercedes team where he wants to damage himself so that they'll stop them fighting and he's a lead in the championship and he gets the team orders. But that's just. That's a little bit too tinfoiled hat for my liking. That, that's my view of it as well. I, I'm just thinking, you know, yeah, you could say that, but then you're, you're thinking, but then you're still fucking over your entire yeah. team to try and, and get at, a, at one, one of the, the biggest se- races of the season as well at Spa with the World Championship <laughs> on the line. Like, why do you, why are you suddenly going to think that doing that is going to make them want to think of that things your way after you have uh, cost them a one-two? It's not. Add into the fact that Nico's got his faults. He's been he's been portrayed a bit as a bad guy this year. He's had a few questionable incidents, but he's not that stupid and he's not that mental to do that. I don't think. No, I think if he's going to cheat, he's going to do something that, you know, 
like yeah. like the Monaco thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very very from... smart and like mm -hmm. I'm not going to damage my my car, but I'll yeah. do something that I know is going to, you know. I think I think Nico Rosberg is a very intelligent guy, and I think he would, like you say, he'd, he'd he'd have something better up his sleeve if he was going to do something like that. I think. Like, and then you could you could then say, oh, but no, but he's just doing it this because. That way it looks more like an accident and all that thing. And then it is. It just gets into conspiracy nonsense. And it's like, you have to look at it at face value. It was a silly move and he was to blame, but it was just clumsy. It was just a bit hot-headed hot into the first corner trying to get get the position back off of Lewis that he lost off the line. You have to take that into account as well. He's, he's on pole and he's managed to get into lap two behind his teammate. So his mind's racing. He's going... Oh, I've messed this up. I've, I was on pole and now I'm behind. I need to get this back quickly. Otherwise, look at the rest of the season. He's any time he's ended up behind Lewis towards the back end of a race, he's not been able to get past. So immediately he's thinking, right, I need to get this back now. If I'm going to do this, it needs to be now. So he has. So he's going in. He wants to move. It's rash. It's clumsy. He fucks it up. It, he's he's a human. These guys are driving these machines at 200 miles an hour. He makes a bit of a hash of it and he clips the back of Lewis's car. And as far as I'm concerned, that's where it ends. Like, and if that was any other driver that wasn't Rosberg, it wouldn't be anywhere near as blown out in proportion no. as it is. It's just because it's the teammates. And which is fair enough, you're going to talk about it. It's a talking point because they're teammates. But, but if that was Sutil on Perez for 10th place, you'd be lucky if it was even spoke about for 30 seconds and that was it. Because it's such a nothing incident. No, it's just... It's literally clumsiness in the extreme. But Martin Brundle did a, a little piece just after um, on Sky where he pointed out the bit of the tyre that's prone to puncture. And it's literally mm -hmm. the bit that sits in between the sidewall and the tread of the tyre. So it's that little angled bit in between those. That's got to make up like 10%, if that, yeah. of the surface area of a tyre. And you're honestly telling me that, you know, at whatever braking speeds they were going in there, whilst the car is twitching left and right, Rosberg can accurately plant his front wing on that part of the tire, knowing that it's going to do a punk, you know, give Lewis add to a the fact, Add to the fact that they can't see the front wings at all, pretty much, from the cockpit. The view of the front wing is extremely restricted. So not only does that add to the fact that it would be difficult for him to actually aim to deliberately hit Lewis, it also, in, in his defence then, you could say he can't see his front wing, so he's tried to come back in and tuck in behind Lewis and just misjudged it, which he did. It was clumsy. He tries, you see it, he try, he, he's going, he's kind of, he's front wings alongside the rear tyre, he knows there's no space there, he tries to come back in and he just clips the rear wheel, like, because he can't, it's, it's racing, it's hard. This isn't easy, he's made a little mistake, he's misjudged it ever so slightly and instead of tucking in, a couple of inches underneath Lewis's gearbox, he's gotten it slightly, like, millimetres wrong and nudged the back end of the wheel. I mean, Alonso's done that a couple of times last season, wasn't he? He was quite famous for ducking left and then pulling back across yeah. and Every knocking, his, knocking his end fence off. And, it, you know, it's just been in those cases he hasn't caused a puncture, so nobody's really, everybody's just gone, well, he's just damaged his own car. What an idiot. Mm. Uh, so well, Because it's the teammates and because it's cost Lewis the race... 
The, and Sky have been horrendous, let me just say. The, well, the Sky I've, website has been horrendous. Uh, like, uh, okay, the yeah, pundits, I don't think, were so bad. Than but... Sky, well, Johnny Herbert's been horrendous, but he's always horrendous. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, this is entirely true. <laughs> no, the, the one the one terrible headline, it was, should Nico Rosberg have been disqualified? Posted on the Sky website. I thought, are you, are you, are you, who is employed at Sky to talk about Formula <laughs> One is posting articles <laughs> like that? Like, give me their job, seriously. That is horrendous. That should article should have... have been disqualified. It's like <laughs> something you would see on one of these spoof websites. Disqualified. Fucking hell, man. Uh, it's just nonsense. Very it was, uh, if it was anybody else, it was nothing. And it's just because it's Rosberg, who is, for all intents and purposes now, the heel challenger, the heel in, yes. this, fucking, in, this, in this feud. And he's the bad guy. So because it's him... Everybody likes to boo the bad guy, and they're getting on top of him. <laughs> if, if he comes out, else. if he comes out onto the podium next time and goes, "Hey yo," then, <laughs> then we know, we know he's turned. But, you know what? Schumacher got all of that, and he won how many world championships? Oh yeah, seven. So I'm sure Nico sleep okay at night knowing he's got a twenty-nine. Well, in the same way, that I'm sure Vettel did as well. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I'm, I'm a four-time world champion. What's the worst? What's the worst <laughs> that you can do to me now? Oh, I'm I'm amazingly rich. I'm amazingly talented. I've got a very beautiful girlfriend. Um, I, I think I'll I think I'll be all right, guys. <laughs> it's just absolutely silliness, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, yeah, um, I, I haven't made my points clear. Um, Whilst I, I'm totally not denying for a second that it was Nico's fault. And he should get the biggest bollocking yeah. of his life. And if yeah. they say to him, next time there's a race, Lewis is getting preferential treatment because you fucked up his race, so you're going to have to take a bit of pain to try and, and that would, calm would, things down. I'd be completely fine with that. Yeah. And go, it, just don't be so stupid again. Yeah. Because otherwise it will keep on happening to you and you, you'll end up being the second driver just because you keep on trying too hard. Nico hasn't helped himself by saying some silly things in the press afterwards. Like, if you had just said, I-, I went for an overtake, I misjudged it, I fucked it up, sorry, Lewis, my bad, kind of thing, then yes. it probably wouldn't have been, a- have been as bad. Well, this is... I put this on Twitter, like, loads. Who the fuck at, P- uh, at Mercedes is being paid to do their PR? Who manages the fucking drivers? Because they are doing a shite job. Oh, yeah. Because Lewis they let Lewis out. Hamilton wander out of a fucking internal private press meeting and then announce to the awaiting media that Nico had said that he deliberately crashed into him. And then two days later, allowed uh, Nico Rosberg to post a blog in the middle of a lake <laughs> in fucking the middle of nowhere. Week. He and does that every week. It's just this time's the only time anybody's ever watched it. <laughs> it's I usually watch them. But he let, they let him post a, a vlog in, the, in a boat in the middle of the lake saying, well... I don't agree with Lewis, but I'm not going to talk about it because uh, it's a internal team thing. It's like the worst thing you can yeah. say, like the other than actually saying yes, I did it and I raped babies or something. I don't know. Fucking, there's almost nothing he could have said that would have been worse than I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to actually apologise or say anything deliberately. It's worse. Say nothing. Just say nothing or say say you're sorry, even if you don't mean it. It was his fault. If he gets, he, he's absolutely deserved a bollocking from Toto if he had, same way that if he'd crashed anybody or he made any kind of mistake to that, he made a mistake and he deserves to be told off for it. But then that's kind of where it ends for me. Like, he fucked up, 
He made a mistake. Lewis hasn't helped the matters by saying some ludicrous things in the press. Nico hasn't helped himself by kind of almost playing up to it himself. It's just, like you say, it's just been a PR disaster. Even Toto, after the race, was a bit sort of... You see, the interview where he was proper raging, like, yeah. I think he could have handled that a little bit better and just been like, we're going to talk to them, and the drivers first, and then, <laughs> and then you know, deal with it. But he was... Uh, like they just and louder, the all of them, they all well, handled it really bad. I was about to say, actually, <laughs> you, you know you're in shit when Nicky Lauda comes across as the voice of reason coming out of your team, and he's not yeah. called it complete bullshit. It's just, it was just a, it was a disaster from start to finish, from the instant and then the way it was handled. But having said all that, it was a racing incident at the end of the day. And that's all it was. Just because it was teammates doesn't change the fact it was a racing incident. So this, like that, that that incident, if it was two different coloured cars, wouldn't be punished by the stewards. No. If if he'd done it, if he'd done it to Vettel or, you know, just because Danny Kvyat or somewhere something like that, it just like nobody would care. No, exactly. So so because they're teammates, it's not suddenly a different rule. It's the same. It was. Yeah. Um, error. Both drivers came off poorly in it unfortunately for Lewis he came off worse that's the end of it no, nobody needs to, I see people on fucking the internet honestly <laughs> shut the thing down people talking about how Nico should be disqualified from the championship yes. and stuff like this and it's like are you for real banned <laughs> for a race or it's like <laughs> absolutely really? and, the, and the point Ted made quite in depth was good as well it's like the thing is as well is nothing will happen because Mercedes aren't going to Lodge a protest against their own guy. No. So if it was if he, if if Rosberg had taken a Vettel, Red Bull could at least appeal to the FIA for some kind of action. But Mercedes aren't going to want their championship leader no. docked any points or banned or great penalties or anything like that. That would be absolutely completely retarded. So. Um, but that, I, I, it's the only time I think I've ever felt sorry for the FIA because they just released a really <laughs> short statement saying, um, "Well, unless there's any new evidence comes out." we're not going to investigate because essentially it's Lewis Hamilton saying he did it deliberately and Nico Rosberg saying he didn't and there's <laughs> yeah. no way to fucking prove either one of those two cases so do you know what I mean unless you have a videotaped confession from Nico Rosberg talking to his priest where he admits to uh-huh. trying to drive Lewis off the road this ain't going nowhere and then everybody gave the fucking FIA shit for not investigating it's just like are you retarded are you really that retarded I mean I love this season, I love Mercedes. I love the battle between the two drivers. I've got my guy I'm supporting. I love having that. I love having my guy against the other guy and someone to cheer on every week. But God, I am getting really tired of this incident now. Like it's been everywhere. I just, I just want it to, to me, like get to bed. It's done. Let's move on to Monza and let's carry on with the World Championship. One Grand Prix doesn't make a season. And if Lewis loses the title, you can't just look at this incident. He has to look at the whole season. So, it's happened. We need to get. We need to move past it now, again because it's been everywhere. It's been on. Oh, like I say, it's transcended Formula One now and into mainstream media. And I don't know. That, that that's terrifying. Formula One doesn't normally do that. <sighs> so you're on the same side as me. <laughs> well, I'm just on the side of just looking at trying to look at things as as unbiased as possible and not put any kind of you know feeling on it and i'm i'm with you on the idea that 
it's just a racing incident and if it wasn't these two people you wouldn't give a fuck mm -hmm. um and on that basis then i don't give a fuck it's just you know yeah you have to judge all you can say that the most negative thing i think you can say about it is that nico is the dumbass yeah, and then you he go. He's a clumsy fanny, and he made a little error. <laughs> I love that. Can you please tweet him that? Say, Nico, I don't hate you, but you are a clumsy fanny. <laughs> I mean, like I say, everything I've just said there is me being as unbiased as possible. So, like, I, and I'm a Nico Rosberg fan, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to step out of that and be like, well, I'm looking at this objectively, and that's the conclusion I've come up with, and that's the way I've viewed it. If anybody wants to disagree, go ahead. But, you know, that's 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 how it looked to me, and I'm going to continue to watch F1 and support the guys I support based on that conclusion. Fair days. Kind of with that out of the way, the rest of the race was fairly dull. <laughs> it wasn't great. Between was lap two cool and then, like, the last five laps, like, fuck all happened. Like, it's just me, or does every race Nico seems to end up in these days involve him being on the different compounded tyres for the last five yes. laps, charging? Like, it seems to happen every week now. He's just cruising through the field with ten laps to go, at two seconds a lap quicker, and then missing out by a second. I'm presuming that that's the way he prefers to do it, that he would prefer not to, um, not to manage the tyres in the last stint and try and make the most out of the power advantage of the Mercedes. Yeah, and it but makes I think sense. they they haven't worked out what the optimum time it is to pit and get that done so that they. they I think can they did it the better this front. time. It was closer than I think it. it... I think the, I, it could have been a lap earlier, but I think they were pretty much, almost on the ball with it. They just didn't have Ricardo, which is good. I well, think. Ricardo was smart, and he said yeah. he allowed Nico to push, and catch up, uh, leaving him enough space yeah. in his tires to put in his best lap of the race it, oh i think it was either his personal best or he put his fastest lap for about six or seven laps in yeah, on the, the last yeah. lap of the race so that there was no way he was actually gonna get anywhere close enough to him to yeah. make it count um he, again he, he, another another plus point for daniel ricardo in being able to do that it's very very vessel-esque actually isn't it to... that's true yeah if, if nico hadn't pitted he don't think he wouldn't have had the tires to to, to beat ricardo no so he did pit and he didn't have the time to catch Ricardo, and like you know, that's it. The way it was worth rolling the dice, but either way, I think Ricardo was going to win. So yeah. I think I think you got to just say at that point, you know, Ricardo locked in, sort of locked into the position of Nico having to change the nose, which gave him track position. But as soon as he got that track position, he ran with it and, and did a great job. So so you can't really have any complaints and if Nico hadn't knocked his nose off in the Lewis incident obviously he might have fin he would have finished he ahead of Ricardo finished, yeah, but then he might have finished behind Lewis and you know this, is true. this so, is true at the end of the day it's a great result for Nico isn't it he's yeah. taken 18 points out of his and you can't really say that at the moment because you know people will say oh it's because he did like, and you get into that whole deliberate conspiracy debate again but at the end of the day it's a good result for Rosberg that's Formula One, though. That's luck. That's the way it goes sometimes. It, well, indeed, you know, Lewis would be a two-time champion if he hadn't beached it in uh, gravel in China. Yeah. So. And if he, and if Timo Glock hadn't had a shit last lab and he got past in the McLaren in the wet, you know, would, yeah, would, anything, anything, could have happened, anything could have happened in that race in 2008. Yeah. So, like, that's Formula One, you know. Yeah, you roll the dice. Um, so let's let's fucking get away from that because I, I'm <laughs> you're also sick of talking about sick and tired of talking about it. we still managed to spend 20 minutes talking about it now Ricardo wins the race great drive Rosberg second let's talk about third well 
a man who, as Eddie Jordan said, should probably be uh, nailing his name to third place on the podium uh, <laughs> at the moment, because that seems to be where he decides he's going to end up every single race. Uh, Valtteri Bottas again. Another I'm great result. for this guy, honestly. I think he could be the real deal. I'm really, really... I, just, I like watching him drive. He's, he's fun to watch. I really, really like this guy. I didn't see much at all of him last season. Like I, Obviously, I've seen him literally, watched it every week, but I didn't see much in him that ever other people seem to be seeing. Lots of people you keep hearing from well, pundits and stuff, Bottas is going to be the real deal. And I wasn't really seeing it. Right. I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it now. It's I have to right. say, I, I, just his the way he took it to Maldonado in his first season. And I, was, and I know we say Maldonado shit and stuff, but you know he's been an F1 driver for a surprisingly long time now. <laughs> Uh, and I was just sitting there looking, thinking, you know, you don't come in and do that to a teammate like Daniel Ricciardo is doing, unless you've you've got the goods to back it up. So I, you know, when they when they said that he was something for the future and that he was going to come good, I kind of I was with him. You know, I'm 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 feeling it, and I'm it's really nice to see that pay off, and you know, the the time they've spent in bringing him through really pay off for them as well. Yeah, exactly. They've invested him and keeping him in, like they could have easily dropped him well when they, they were hurting I, for money and all the other species yeah i really bet they must have been more attractive people out there to you know they had, they had to take on pasta as it was they've, they've kept them um, kept the faith like teams have been have been begging for teams to do put these young guys in the car but then give them the opportunity to show what they can do and like you say they have done and you know it's paying off dividends because how many podiums is that in a row? Like three, four, something like that. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's at so, least four, I think, isn't it? It's it's great, and like I said earlier, it's just you just get that feeling that they're so close, Williams. Like it's coming. Do you think they win a race before the end of the season? Um, I don't know. I don't. It's kind know. of a fifty-fifty one if the Mercedes take each other out again, because you'd have to think that if Mercedes don't take each other out again, the one of them will probably win the race, but. If they did, there's no reason why they can't. No. I really, really... I, I, I hope, hope they do. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it would be a terrible shame if they're this great comeback season for them, you know, the only other team to beat Mercedes is, is Red Bull. Uh, it would be terribly depressing, um, all in all. So, yeah, I hope they... I think they can, just whether they will or, or won't. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to put it. They have the ability, whether luck favours it that way, I suppose. I really hope this is just the beginning as well. Like, I really hope that they take everything they've learnt this season and and really bring it next season. Like a Williams in a general, legitimate title fight for the World Championship would be great for everybody. Yeah. And just McLaren and Ferrari as well are in that bracket, but they seem less less likely to do it at the moment. Than yeah, so it'll be interesting next year for Williams because obviously they've they made the breakthrough in getting the split turbo this season. Um, you know, McLaren aren't going for it, and I don't think Ferrari either can or are able to at the moment. So, you know, they've got a head start on what some other people are definitely going to be having to try and do through winter testing and all the other bits and pieces just to get to where they are now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the turbo because the, 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 the pace of the Williams down the straight was... Did you see the way Bottas blew past some oh, people? It was unbelievable. It eh? was unbelievable. Um he just drove around several cars. Just well, I was going to say, there. fourth place Raikkonen, you know, everybody's like, ah, it's the battle of the fighting fins or the flying <laughs> fins. 
And it didn't turn out to be very much of a battle at all because Bottas just pretty much caught, caught up to him and just passed him. And it was just <laughs> like, ah, oh, okay, that was the end of, of that battle. Fair but, news. to be fair to Kimi... Fourth place. That's great result drive from Raikkonen. Where's that Kimi Raikkonen been all year? Because it wasn't just the result. You know, fourth's a pretty good result for the Ferrari this season. It wasn't just that. The, the, it's a different mentality from Raikkonen almost this race. He looked like he wanted it. He was fighting like hell with people. He looked genuinely quick. He beat Alonso on merit. It's not very often you could say that this year about the Kimster. So, no. pleasing. Incidentally, that on the same weekend that they announced that he was definitely staying next year. So, not yeah. saying that that's got anything to do with it. But Well, I don't think know, it is. I don't think anything like that, that motivates Kimmy. He's no, I, just... I doubt it entirely. But let's hope that, you know, because we've got him next season now, for definite, this one stays. Let's hope yeah. we get more good performances out of him. That would be good. Uh, fifth place was Sebastian Vettel. Um, Comprehensively uh, outbeaten by his teammate. <laughs> eh? like, yeah, nearly a, nearly a full minute up ahead. About 50 how is that? How, why is that? I feel like that's a talking point. Why is Vettel just, not just getting beaten by Ricardo, but getting... Dominated. He, he on, seems. On the times. It really seems like he's just having a bad season, and by that I mean things are happening around him that are not helping his race. And he, you know, the strategy just doesn't seem to be like in the other seasons. Its strategy has been going his way, and this season it hasn't. So he keeps on like you know he makes a mistake and Ricardo goes past him, and then they start looking at the strategy. And he got he you know he's pitted first both times. Um, for Red Bull, so yeah, did he pit three times, Vettel? Because uh, Ricardo only pitted twice. I would assume Vettel pitted three times because he pitted quite early, I think. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, yes, yes, he must have because he pitted at the same time as Rosberg, didn't he? Yeah, I think everybody more or less pitted the three times apart from Ricardo and Bottas, or did Bottas pit three times? I'm not sure. I but yeah, I think Ricardo was the one, the main one that made the two work, and most of the others used the three. So. You've automatically got a pit stop behind for Vettel behind Ricardo there, which explains some of it. But well, no, uh, and I think no part of it, is, all of it. What I was saying is, is that you know he kept. I think he kept on being dropped back into fights, mm -hmm. uh, and he didn't get a good run to just pass, get some clean air, make some time up, and you know, and get ahead. And it and it shows, you know, with the when you look at the times of all the people sort of behind him when you go he you know Sebastian Vettel 51 Jensen Button 54 you know Alonso 61 after fucking colliding with somebody Sergio Perez 64 Danny Kvyat 65 Nico Hulkenberg 65 fuck actually I didn't notice that have you seen the split times between Kvyat and Hulkenberg no I haven't seen it's three tenths of a second you must have crossed the line at the exact same <laughs> time then blimey well, I suppose we were too busy. Everybody was already harping on about Rosberg at that time. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's what happened to him this race. He just he ended up behind cars that we that were having good races. Um, yeah, I mean that's fair enough. I get that, but you know it's not just this weekend, is it? Well, no, no. Do you think? What do you think will happen next season? Do you think he'll be back, or do you think Ricardo's going to go kick on and be the man? That's the question everybody's asking at Red Bull. Is Ricardo the new man? I think they'll they'll wait and see. I think they'll play the waiting game and see who starts the season stronger. 
But I think Daniel Ricciardo is already being favoured this season. I think they're he's getting the optimal strategies and then they're trying to work stuff out for Vettel after the fact. Um, because they need to, do you know what I mean? Daniel Ricciardo is on a 156 points and I don't even know what... It's about 90. About 90 odd. Do you know what I mean? There's just there's no point in just going, well, you're the four-time world champion, so this season we're going to play for you anyway. Just, there is no point. And I think the team is actually ruthless enough to do that, which is kind of funny in a way. Yeah, because it's the thing that's happened to Vettel for years in his advantage and it's just... The, the irony of it being the other way around hasn't the, the funniness hasn't quite worn off yet. It's no. still, still amusing seeing it getting done to Vettel. So. Yeah, that's true. He did well at the end, though. I mean, this point is supposed to talk about the four-way scrap. That I was going to say, the, the only other interesting thing in the race, really. Pretty it was much. brilliant, though, wasn't it? Blimey. Like, some of the best racing I've seen for all season. That's <sighs> been a season of good racing. Mm. You know, you had Vettel, the two McLarens, and K-Mag and Jensen Button, and Fernando and his Ferrari, just all swapping positions for, like, two or three laps at the end there. Like, everybody was in a different position at one point, just chopping and changing. Vettel, as we've said, finally crossed the line in, in fifth. Uh, Magnussen officially crossed the line in sixth, I think, didn't he? Was that right? Uh, yes. And then, and then it was Button, and then Alonso, but he had had a coming together with Magnussen, which is the reason why he was eighth, because Alonso was initially fifth. Yes. And then, you know, it was crazy. It was brilliant racing, but Magnussen and Alonso had a little thing. Alonso dropped back a bit, finished eighth, and I know you're going to want to talk about this because I know you feel quite strongly about this. In the end, Magnussen finished sixth, but got a penalty for the Alonso incident that dropped him out of the points. So what do you want to say about that? Because I know you're particularly... I, so I know you're irate about this. So angry about this. So one of the things we didn't mention um, was at the very start of the race, on the parade lap, the Ferrari Fernando Alonso was left on its jacks, plugged yeah, into various batteries and bits and pieces. Absolute criminal. After the siren went off. And so they sent three people onto a live track to get them off the jacks, unplug the thing, whilst cars were streaming, you know, all the way around them. And he got a a five-second <laughs> stop-go penalty. The most lenient punishment available. So no he added five seconds to his race risking three people's lives Kevin Magnussen gets in a duel with him now he's I personally think that most of it is down to the fact that he was going around the fucking Caterham at the time so he wasn't on the racing line he had to move right to go around the Caterham and so he was just making that move Alonso was going around the outside of him I don't think he deliberately ran him off the road he was just he was going to the right and then was going to come around left which is what he did as soon as he, as soon as he came back around, he came over to the left-hand side of the track to take the, the racing line. He didn't, you know, continue to stay in front of the Ferrari or anything like that. So, it's bullshit, as a penalty. But then they give him a 20-second penalty after the race. So what you're essentially saying is, it's five seconds if you potentially try and kill three, you know, three guys on track. So you know, half forcing Fernando Alonso onto the grass is worth, what, 11 people? 12 people? Whatever it is? Five times? No. What am I talking about here? Uh, do the math for me, Sean. What's the sums? If it's, if it's three... <laughs> 12 three. people. <laughs> 12, tra what you're saying is Magnuson in danger 12 people's lives. 
Yes. Like, it's like Magnuson's drive was tantamount to nearly killing 12 people. <laughs> In reality, Alonso ran about a meter wide, I think. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Okay, so he went on the grass, and that's not on. But I mean, how many other times have people been fucking run off the road in this championship and nothing has been done? But this time suddenly, you know, 20 seconds after the race. It's ludicrous. And it, it if the FIA want to work out why people get pissed off at stewards, this is why. It's a you very, know. very strange one. It, I mean, why is the five seconds just not being added on to the end of the race? He would have had it added on to a pit stop, so add it on at the end of the race. Unless you're saying... That literally, that is actually worse than having fucking engineers on the track, you know, on a live track, which it can't possibly be. It can't possibly be that that move is worse, you know, than, than putting people in danger on a racetrack. It just can't be. The, the ludicrousness of that is. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I completely agree. Uh, it's like saying if I drive along the pavement that's three points on my license but if I drive at 100 miles an hour I get banned what no no the, there's one of those things is worse than the other one by quite a long fucking way let's have punishments that actually make sense please well but that's the eternal struggle isn't it <laughs> I think for, for the record the Alonso one was massively under punished that that probably should have been a stop go. That probably should have been the most severe in race punishment you can get. As a Ferrari fan, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> but like, as I, as I was looking at it from an objective point of view, yeah, that one was massively underpunished, and equally the Magnussen was massively overpunished. They got them the wrong way around essentially. Well, yes. <laughs> but. And ironically, you know, if they punished Fernando appropriately, he wouldn't have been in that position to get that, run off the road. So, yeah, that's true. FIA stands for yeah, fucking incompetent those, assholes, as far as I'm concerned. One of those ones that you just, as a fan, you just need to sit back and go, "Oh, well, that's happened." <laughs> <sighs> Indeed. Poor so, Magnussen dropped out of the points because of that. Yep. Which uh, left Alonso in seventh. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Rounding off the top 10 was the uh, Perez, Kvyat and Hulkenberg. And as you rightly point out, Kvyat and Hulkenberg, was it three tenths you said they crossed the line at? Yep, 65-300 for Kvyat and 65-600 for... Must have missed that in all the excitement. They would have finished almost a lap behind Ricardo though, so... You know, by this point, you know, he's already pretty much out of the car and we're, <laughs> we're doing all the... All the kind of stuff that comes with the post Grand Prix stuff. We're already Grand Prix's finished by the time they've crossed the line. We're we're in that little bit where you can hear them chatting to each other and stuff almost. So yeah, I did, to be honest, like there was that much going on with the Vettel, Mac McLaren's Ferrari group, and up front with Rosberg hunting down Ricciardo. I my I don't really know exactly what how the Force Indias or the Toro Rossos really got on this weekend, other than seeing that they've. Both they're in the points and going, okay, they're in the points. It's decent enough effort. They both, both qualified really, shit yeah. and then had average races. Yeah, that's but, a good word. Average is the word. Like Nothing really noteworthy as far as I can take from them. You know, uh, you've got to look at it, haven't you, that this race, the McLarens were dueling with, you know, 
Ferraris and Red Bulls and not looking horrendously off pace, whereas uh -huh. the Force Indias looked like a midfield team. And the only thing you can say about that is development. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of these teams is able to develop a car through a season yep. and doesn't have to give up on it. And the other one reaches dead ends and then can't, you know, can't take it anywhere. They, they make an advance that puts them, you know, on the back of the, the top teams. And then just through the season, they just drop off further and further because they can't advance the car any more than the big steps they take over winter testing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Can't argue with that one. Same. The interesting uh, thing this weekend, just from a, a speed point of view, was the Red Bull. How quick was it down the straight line? We didn't expect that. I certainly didn't expect that. They set up the car. Well, that's 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 ballsy as well in the wet the to say, fuck opposite. it, everybody, everybody else is going to strap down for some because it's wet and cold and stuff. Fuck it, we'll leave the skinny wing on and do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, got to credit where it's due. I didn't expect that from the Red Bull. Normally, it's the complete opposite. They've normally got all the downforce in the world and then they're slower than a turtle down the straight, so... I think, ironically, that's the kind of thing that helps Ricardo because I think he's happier with a twitchy car, whereas mm -hmm. I think Seb is so used that's to having true. the planted car. That's, that's true. That's where he, you know, makes the mistakes. He thinks he can, you know, he thinks, ah, yes, now I remember I can put my foot down and everything is fine, and then it suddenly isn't, whereas Ricardo, I think, you know, having driven an HRT in his, in his time is <laughs> used to the idea of a car that's got no downforce and is squirting all over the place and... I think that's absolutely spot on, and I think that's probably a major contributor as to why Vettel's so far off the pace of Ricardo this season. Less downforce, particularly, and, and in this weekend, even more less downforce. Yeah. Um, Interesting, just to note, on the same sub subject, Monza coming up. wonder if we'll go for the same tactic. I wonder if we'll see a bit more pace in the Red Bull than the straights. You have, to, you have to think they would, given the relative success of Spa. I know Vettel didn't have the greatest weekend, but... The car looked quick, didn't it? So yeah, yeah. Well, they can't. Yeah, they can't not. I don't think. I think that's just that's a that's a, a given, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so so other, other, other than Lewis Hamilton, the, probably the guy who had the worst other race. Actually, there's a couple of guys who might, board, but certainly one of the guys up for the shitty weekend was for Felipe Massa. Yeah, <laughs> not even sure what happened to him. He he, uh, he ended up getting a load of gunk stuck oh, yeah, in his he aerodynamics. Got, so he had so to he come into the pits to get taken out, didn't he? So he basically yeah. uh, pitted at an odd time and so went on a, right, a random strategy and it just... It, he had too long with no aero. So he'd fallen so far back that even, you know... I think they said he was like three seconds quicker like when he came out than when he went in. But it didn't matter <laughs> because he'd already dropped back to like 18th. So it's just like, well, your race is done, done lad, unless unless a meteorite hits, uh, <laughs> hits the front top 10. It's not going to make that much difference. Um, so yeah, Massa race to forget. Uh, Adrian Sutil in 14th in the Sauber, just ahead of Esteban Gutierrez. Max Chilton comes in 16th as the highest of the backmarkers, just ahead of uh, Marcus Ericsson. Uh, and that rounds off pretty much the whole um, the whole grid. So now we're into the Dunuffs. Per Lotterer not finishing. I was, like after oh. after doing well in qualifying, only so got a, only got a lap in. <laughs> And stops in the pit lane. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing how he did as well after his promising qualifying. Do we know if he's going to race in Monza? I hope so. I don't think he is. Mm. Um, That's a shame. W word is that the the seat at Caterham is pretty much up to the highest bidder. So other teams are thinking of putting in their junior drivers in there. I think Carlos Sainz Jr. has been touted as potentially getting a race seat 
you know, in the well, catering. Well, you know, at least it gives us a wee bit of interest to see how these, these kids get on, so. But we rebel with, like, five drivers, our... five drivers on the grid. <laughs> lot of our looks, um, looked all right, though. Yeah, but certainly so. qualifying. So. And he certainly did better than Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> and yeah, I, could, I could do better than Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> this is this is probably true. Uh, poor old Roman Grosjean didn't fare, uh, didn't uh, sort of fare much better. He's uh, putting the feelers out for a move, I think, according yeah. to according to some of the the hacks this weekend. He's he's angling to get himself out of that Lotus. Where's he going to go? There's nowhere for him to go. There's nowhere. I, I mean. <laughs> I think he's, you'd have to just stick with the Lotus and hope that next season they'll be better. Yeah, I don't think there's an option really. Because if as long as they can come back to where they were before, then you're in a you know you're in a good team. You're going to leapfrog Force India, Toro Rosso, Sauber, and all those other seats where there's likely to be somewhere the only seats that are likely to want to take a Roman Grosjean at this point. Mm-hmm. So, no, he's not going to get a Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren. Not gonna, I'm not going to get any of these drives, is he? So yeah. Even a Williams, he probably won't get because they're going to stick with Massa and the certain Bottas isn't going anywhere. And you expect him to stay with Massa. So, yeah, really, you're looking at Toro Rosso, maybe. Force India. Uh, not Toro Rosso, sorry. Force India. I don't know why I said Toro Rosso. We know their, we know their lineup. So you're looking at Force India, Sauber. Nice. Slim, slim pickings, eh? Indeed. Very indeed. Uh, Lewis Hamilton... Obviously got only a few laps into the race, uh, as did Jules Bianchi. Uh, I think he had to come in together with somebody, though, didn't he, in one of the corners and went out, I'm pretty sure. But he was kind of slightly overshadowed sure. by other events. What did you make of Lewis, then, having taken his incident, dropping down the field? What did you make of his attitude towards um, his situation? I don't know. It was, was very, it was was very sulky. It was never off the radio. But it makes sense. No, I know. It does. He was utterly fucked. And the car was fucked. Provably fucked. Save the engine. Save it for Abu Dhabi. When you can turn the wick up and Nico can't. And so long as you're, you know, the requisite number of points required, take it then. It does. It did seem a little weird that they they brought him in like 10 laps from the end. And they've yeah, done that- nearly the whole fucking race. It's just like... By that point, you know, the saving the engine mileage isn't really worth it, so... No. No, even for a track as long as Spa. <laughs> it's still not... I didn't I didn't make any sense. I was, Actually, to be fair, I was with Lewis. I'd have just... Just parked it. it. ...and just said, no, fuck this, it's, it's undrivable. You should have just parked it out at the side of the track. <laughs> yep. Parked, oh, well, it, yeah. parked it near the forest and gone for a picnic with somebody. <laughs> So that was that was the race. So let's do the usual uh, star of the race. It's got to be Daniel Ricciardo, doesn't it? I can't really. I can't see anybody else. It's... I mean, honourable mentions to Kimi Räikkönen for his best performance of the season, and mm-hmm. uh, and Bottas had another good weekend. But Danny Rick never put a foot wrong, as you rightly saw. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? If someone makes a mistake. Faultless. You... Someone makes a mistake in front of you, you take advantage. Fuck, fuck for... him in the ass? I don't know. What <laughs> another, the fuck? Another, take, another one for take, adva- <laughs> take advantage of the mistakes. Ah, right, Capital, okay. Capitalize. That's quite like fucking somebody in the ass, taking advantage of their mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> he capitalised on the Mercedes mistakes at oh. the right time okay. and didn't put a foot wrong. So, 
yeah, Danny Ricardo, great weekend, great weekend the week before in uh, Hungary, and a great weekend again. The guy's a, the guy's a bona fide top guy, top driver. Retard of the race? Do we have to give it to Rosberg? <laughs> I, uh, I don't think there's any standouts other than Rosberg. I mean, um, I don't know. How did, I'm, Ren- I'm how did, how did Maldonado retire? <laughs> He's normally up there. He didn't actually crash into anybody this time, so I'm afraid you didn't That's, get him. I mean, it's probably got to be Rosberg, but in a funny round of weights, gave him an extra 18 points in the championship, so. Yeah. Really? So, so officially. For, for, it's... Ferrari team in general for having the bloody guys on the track. Damn it. Damn it. I was hoping you were going to forget that. I wanted <laughs> you to officially make it Nico Rosberg so I could then say, oh yeah, but I'm going to give it to Ferrari. Uh huh. Oh well, never mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Ferrari because I think it it's unforgivably stupid to force people onto the track. You should have just they should have just been told no. The, the siren's gone. Get the fuck off the track. Everybody else has to go around. The problem is now they've set a precedent. If anybody else stalls it on the grid like that, they know they can go on the track and get the car and only get a and five, you get a five second. second. So if you're at the front, it's absolutely worth uh, it. Yeah. If you're at the back, it doesn't fucking make any difference. But so, you're right. If you're if you're in the top ten, it's, it's worth absolutely taking the five worth, seconds. worth sending somebody on the track to. Which is a very scary precedent to set. Do you not yes. think? Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you're preaching to the converted here because I thought the whole thing was just. Yeah, well, I know, I know, I am. I'm just, you know, putting it out there. It's. I mean, what happened? And then what happens next time if they realise they've made an arse of it and say, right, okay, you're getting a ten second penalty, you're getting a twenty second, you're getting a minute, you're getting a black flag, whatever the hell they want. And then they can appeal to whatever appeals court and say, hey, but Ferrari only got five seconds, so why yep. should we get this? And then it's a whole other fucking issue. So, yeah. It was a bit silly by the FIA. So they Ferrari get the fucking retard of the race for sending the guys on the track, but then the FIA get it for their, their fuck up the punishments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that concludes uh, the Belgian Grand Prix quite nicely, so I think we should probably take a look at what's going on in the Formula One news. Final lap podcast news. So, keeping away from essentially what's been in the F1 news all fucking week, um, let's look at some different views of it. Uh, Fernando Alonso has been quoted as saying that uh, it's going to be difficult for Mercedes to continually keep the peace at Mercedes in the you know least. <laughs> the yeah, award for most obvious statement yeah. of this season. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but Eddie Jordan's been um, particularly punchy in saying that he feels that um, it's really that the Merck bosses are, you know, they're not managing their drivers well enough. Um, it's it's down to them. Um, you know, I think, to... I think there's something in that. I just think there's something in that. Like you, it's like what you alluded to earlier with the PR and stuff. This, they're they're airing everything out in public. I think he said it was that they are being run by two drivers who are acting like spoiled kids and are doing what they want to do, and that's exactly how it comes across. Mm-hmm. It's like they can't tell. They're like new age parents who are so desperately that they they don't want to discipline their kids because they don't want to make them feel bad or something ridiculous. It's just like, no guys, you just like they're your drivers. You'll pay them. 
and if they don't want to drive for the best team, tell them to fuck off and you know go go and see how how, how well it's working out for uh, Fernando Alonso in the you know the biggest team in Formula One. That's true, you know. If Lewis, say Lewis left the car, they just put, you know, there's an, there's no shortage of talented drivers there, so everybody would kill to be in that in that car. And Rosberg and Lewis surely know that, so they they need to they need to crack the whip. I think there's something in that from Eddie Jordan. The question that everybody seems to be bringing up is, would it be different if Ross Brown was still there? Who knows? Well, it would be. I, I think it would be. I think Ross knows how to run a team, and I think everybody else is um, knows how to do their job, but they don't know how to run a team. Yeah, Toto's never really been the main man before. This is his first gig. Yeah, and then you got Paddy, who's a technical guy, not a man guy whatsoever, and then you got Nicky Lauda, who's just mental. So he's he's not he's never done anything of actual relevance in terms of running a team. So you're yeah, I think Ross you're right, Ross has been there, done it, bought the T shirt in terms of actually managing a shitload of staff and managing people. So I think I think there's definitely something in that and Do you think Total Wolf is regretting the decision to get rid of Ross and essentially try and share duties with Paddy Lowe? Um I mean in an attempt to try and assert his dominance on the team. He's rather shot himself in the foot by taking away one of the best assets of team management that there has ever been in Formula One. I don't know. It's a difficult one. Because I think Toto Wolff likes being in charge. I think there is a lot of ego there. Yeah, there is a lot. And I think despite all of this, I don't think Toto would change his position. (laughs) Of being the man at Mercedes, and well, I like Toto Wolff, but I think yes. he, I think he loves being. Mr. I think he Mercedes. loves being Toto Wolff. Yeah, Toto Wolff loves Toto Wolff and being Toto Wolff more than anything. <laughs> so I don't think, I think he feels, I think he truly believes in himself and his ability to do that job. And well, we'll just wait and see. It's, we'll see what happens in Monza, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> so, um, um, other. Other news this week, uh, McLaren. What's going on there? Button's scared for his seat. Well, I I think this is a case of far too judicious reporting by people. Eric Boulier has basically said um, things haven't gotten gone well this season. Ron's come back. I'm new. Therefore, we've taken a long time. We, we've taken a bit of bit of extra time before we've started even to talk about what we're doing next year for drivers. He also sort of sub-paragraphs that by saying, we've given the drivers a shit car, but we think they're doing actually a very good job with it. So he's not uh, he's not once said he thinks the drivers are doing a bad job and they're actively looking to replace everybody next year or anything along those lines. But everybody was reporting it that somehow it's McLaren admitting that, you know, <laughs> they're going to get rid of everybody next season because they haven't made the decision yet. It's just like, how many other teams have not officially made their decisions yet? But you're not saying that every single one of those is seats is, is necessarily up for grabs. Do you know what I mean? It's bizarre. I think, I think McLaren have to stick at this point. They've been I think they will. I think that's the thing. They'll, they'll go with K-Mag to give them another year. And then they'll definitely go with Button because who else better are you really going to be able to get in? Do you know what I mean? Unless fucking Alonso literally says, I want to quit Ferrari. Or Vettel says, I want to quit Red Bull. And those those things are not going to happen. 
There's no point in getting rid of a of button for a guy like Hulkenberg, say. No, because not at this just, stage. They're just rushing in like they did with Perez. And it's, it's, they need the experience there. They do. So, and and then once you've done, you know, give Kevin Banks in a couple of seasons and a decent car to prove himself in, then you can think about getting rid of Button and bringing Stoffel van Dorn in because at least the other guy has picked up, you know, two, maybe even three seasons with Button to mm-hmm. to, to gain that kind of knowledge the, the that like we were talking last time about how much he can learn about setup and how to go racing, you know, you can have all the natural talent in the world, but you can learn things like how to prepare for a race weekend, how to give good feedback, how to do this bits and pieces. And I think, you know, everybody accuses Jensen Button of moaning, but all he's really doing is giving feedback. Every time he tells them that the car is really understeery, you know, and complains about it, it's because he wants them to fix it because that would make the car faster. And that's <laughs> the thing. And I think there's a load of, li- there's probably a load of kids out there who are, who are too shit scared of saying that the car is bad in case they lose their seat. And then the car, everybody just goes, oh, well, he didn't say the car was understeering or oversteering or the wheels had fallen off of it. So how did we know? No, absolutely. I hope Button stays. I hope he gets another year. I think he will. I will be, I would actually be very surprised if we saw anybody else in the McLaren this year. I mean, again, some people were saying, uh, and amazingly, it wasn't Dinglas, that Roman Grosjean was somehow going to be a target for them. And I was just thinking, you wouldn't have a team of Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen, it just doesn't make any sense. And they're not going to dump Kevin Magnussen because they already dumped Perez, who was a good driver, for him because they couldn't yeah. get Kevin Magnussen a seat somewhere else. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to be fucking about with that driver lineup. So it's a non-story as far as I'm concerned that's just been reported as something else. Staying with McLaren, Martin Whitmarsh is finally free to seek <laughs> alternative employment. His gardening leave is now actually official gardening. <laughs> Yeah, just, just for pleasure. He's uh, reached um, what they're calling a severance package, so I assume he's been handsomely paid to shut up and go away, essentially, for the sounds of things. Yes, I think I think Ron would have said, look, it's not gone as well as we thought, Martin. Just, just, <laughs> just take, take the money, go and buy a house somewhere nice and just, you know, chill he's out. He's been there and... 24 years at McLaren, and alternative positions so he surely built up himself a nice little retirement package you would have thought based on 24 yeah. years of service so 56 I... now as well think that's him done in f1 uh probably probably i would have thought so i wouldn't be surprised if he maybe he turns up doing some other kind of sportsy thing yeah. and maybe, maybe he'll appear as a team manager for gp2 or or something like that or sports cars or something maybe yeah do you know what i mean just just generally in another less pressurized series mm-hmm. um because I don't, I don't think he did a bad job at, at McLaren. He just, you know, they had as terrible a car in the previous years as they have this year, realistically. Yeah, you know, no, I agree, to be honest. I agree. None of Martin that is... Wetmarsh isn't the one designing the car at the end of the day. No. What could Martin Wetmarsh have done to, to change the last four seasons for McLaren? Nothing, Not really. Do you know what I mean? He, doesn't, he wasn't doing the hiring of the people in the back because that's not what the team principal does. Do you know what I mean? He's not hiring the designers, the aerodynamicists, the engineers, or any of those bits and pieces. Do you know what I mean? He has the team. He, has the, he manages the race day team. That's mm-hmm. what a team principal is is there to do. So, um, what's the choice he's given? I think he became a bit of a scapegoat for the shit McLaren. I one. think you know it happens though, doesn't it? And it happened to Stefano Domenicali, didn't he? I don't yeah. think Stefano Domenicali was was running that team into the ground. I, I you know I would be you know everybody knows that 
Luca de Montezemolo makes all the fucking decisions for Ferrari. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He made the decisions when they won, and he made the decisions when they lose. But Luca de Montezemolo is not losing his job. So somebody has to go. In the same way that Ron Dennis, you know, isn't going to lose his job at McLaren. Somebody else is going to go, though. Do you know, it's just, it's just yeah. the way of the world. Yeah, no, that's true. So moving up the up the pit lane to Red Bull, uh, new engineer for Sebastian next season. That was very interesting, wasn't it? Rocky's no been more Rocky. It's been promoted. So I yeah, what that was uh, all about. They've been together for every single one of Seb's championships. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects. Didn't he them. come with him from Toro Rosso? Uh, yes, I believe he did. Yeah, I, that's so. very strange, isn't it? It's almost a bit like Rob Smelly, isn't it? Going to Williams and you're assuming, oh, great, then we'll have Rob Smedley and Felipe on, on the team be... again. And then he, no, he's not going to be. On yeah, the... I assume, I, th I think Rocky's going to do a similar job to whatever Rob Smedley's doing at Williams. It's kind of above the engineers in yeah. some sort of Head engineer. capacity. Yeah, some sort of middle management almost type <laughs> capacity. Yeah, no Speaks... longer on the firing line. Speaking of Rob Smedley, if you're listening, Rob, have a fucking shave and cut your hair. You look like a fucking homeless. Well, did you see Christian Horner this weekend? Oh well, Christian Horner is having a fucking midlife midlife crisis <laughs> by dumping his dumping his wife and going out with Jerry Halliwell. So I can at least understand that. Rob Rob Smelly looks like he's like been wandering around backstage eating burgers out of bins and happened across a Williams coat and headset and has just wandered onto the grid and is suddenly being interviewed by people. Oh, Scruffy bastard. I loved Christian Horner this weekend. Like, it was, his appearance reflected the ability of the Red Bull this season. It was brilliant. <laughs> like when Red Bull was winning things, he was clean cut, smart. And now that the cars, the cars are shed, he, he's all over the place, haggard, big coat on, beard, <laughs> drinking out of a bottle. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's fucking brilliant. I loved it. Uh, so yeah, beards, F1 beards. We should do a feature yes. on beards and F1. <laughs> done, done, and done. Uh, Ferrari have announced that both their guys are staying, which he's good. Is I'm good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I mean, they've had a shit year, but I don't think replacing either of the two drivers no. at this stage is the right answer. Give them no. another season, and then every driver should get at least two seasons. I don't like replacing a driver after one season. Anybody can have a bad season. Two well, seasons, in it, like you, you do one a bad car for one season, and how yeah. is that anybody any of the drivers' fault? Yeah, they design a, a dog of a car. That's it. And the season's wrecked right from the off, basically. And you've kind of had that with Ferrari and McLaren this year. So like McLaren, in terms of button, happy that Ferrari are going to keep both those guys, definitely. Uh, other, other driver that, news. Yeah. I'm I'm happy about this, because I like the guy. Uh, Guido van der Gaard. Yes. Looks to be on the verge of becoming a Sauber driver next season. I like the guy too. He seems like a very good guy. Very and, I, and I thought he was quite good in the catering comparatively. Yeah, he, he, at the start I was like, oh, this guy doesn't look very good. But then as the season gone on, i definitely seen improvement in him from week to week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that too. Does it say in the report who he looks to replace? It doesn't at the moment, but the, the signs would be that it would be still more than likely on the basis that Obviously, um, Esteban comes in with big financial, mm. and apparently, I didn't realise this, but so does Guido. He's, oh. he's got big um, financial backers as well. So, realistically, Suttle is the one that's kind of out of place there in terms of you know a team needing the money. 
And I actually think that you could you could do a lot worse than hire Guido and Gutierrez and, and have that as a team understanding where Sauber is and, and what yep. they're doing. I mean, at least with Guido van der Gaard, you're rolling the dice. He could, he could be really, really good. Whereas for Till, you know you're just going to get blah average every week. At least with Guido. I think it's one of those ones where it's, it's relatively risk-free. You put Guido in the car and he isn't going to be any worse. They aren't going to be any worse off for it. And they could be better off, potentially. Is the way I see it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm in favour of that move. I like that. I hope Van der Gaard has a good, good year next year if he gets the drive. Interestingly, he's 29. I didn't. I know was that. just about to say that. And then you think, oh, but it's who was older, isn't he? But Adrian Suttle's only 31. There's literally <laughs> only two years difference of them. Whereas Suttle looks like a man who is a has been, <laughs> and Guido Van der Gaard looks like a young up and coming driver. Strange, eh? 29 is like a pensioner in Formula 1 these days. I don't think you, Nigel Mansell probably didn't have a drive by 29. <laughs> no, no, it's quite funny. Yeah, Suttle's been in Formula 1 for, since around 2007. Yeah. It's really funny to think about that, actually. It's very funny to think about that, actually. <laughs> I don't think anybody so average has managed to hang on just as long. No. Like everybody who's, he's not terrible, he's just very average, just doesn't do much. But he, he somehow clung on to a seat for such a long time. Whereas guys like guys who have a similar ability, like Buemi, for example, has yeah. just has been, you know, kicked to the curb. But somehow Sutil has just managed to keep on hanging in there season by season. Maybe next year will be the one where it goes. And like last year we thought it'd be the one where he got dropped and he somehow ended up in the Sauber, which no one really expected. So maybe maybe he'll get kicked out for Guido and he'll end up in like a fucking I don't know, a Lotus next year or something. <laughs> it's probably exactly what will happen. Um, probably the only other thing that uh, has popped up in the news really in the in the meantime was uh, Bernie Eccleston saying we, we certainly need another race on the calendar, don't so, we? Yeah. Hey. In, a, in a country with... Well, I was going to say a country with no motorsport pedigree, but um, rallying's a big thing in, in Greece, which is where he's, uh, he's keen on putting another How, race. I, but, there's no way... The Greek government can get away with getting a Formula One race under their circumstances. Angela no. Merkel will go down personally and bitch slap the Prime Minister. Like, after all the sanctions and financial things and economic instability in that country, they're going to pay Bernie what will no doubt be about £50 million pounds to host the Grand Prix. And so, build a track and all the. Because there's no. Do you know I mean, there's no track in Greece right no. now. So, yeah. No. You know, hundreds of millions into a new track and stuff. It's just that's political suicide, surely, from whoever's in charge of these things. So. Bizarre, very bizarre. Uh, but apparently, the prime minister himself is supporting the uh, the move. Anyway, well, they, in, fact, in fact, in fact, has all, already uh, trademarked Formula One Mediterranean Grand Prix. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I believe it when I see it. <laughs> yes. Like we don't have enough already. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Oh, actually, there was that was the one other thing that was in the news. Uh, Sebastian Vettel got to do a couple of laps of the new Russian track this week. Um, okay. And apparently was that. very complimentary about it. Okay. Um, but. Basically, it's. Um, I think it's going to be a bit like uh, Albert Park. It's all walls and 
stuff and no real Good. and no real street. So we we shall see. Um, that sounds. I like that. I like the sound of that. In theory, but well, you've got to remember there's there's you know you've got street circuits in the inverted commas that aren't Monaco like Albert Park. Yeah. Where and there are some it's really tra- realistically it's a track. <laughs> With walls, I mean, with walls and Canada stuff. Canada Albert Park are like my two favorite tracks. Yeah. Sparks, but then so. you've got street circuits like Valencia and... Um, Singapore, which is a dog. Well, Singapore not so much, but I'm really thinking about... Because Singapore really is a street circuit. It's just that it's yeah. a very wide one. But I'm thinking about Valencia or even Korea where it's walls, but they put in big, massive runoff areas nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason why Albert Park in Canada is fun is because they they punish you really really easily. You make you make a mistake. That's the way it should be, and, it, like and you're fucked. But you make can make mistakes at places like you know Valencia. There was one place where you could make realistically make a mistake was that little dinky cur- uh, corner into the bridge, and that's where people crashed. And the same as the same in Singapore. It's it was the um, uh, chicane yeah. where everybody crashed. Look- yeah, and they even tried to fuck that up as well because they they unkinked that some some extent. So you're just kind of like, if it's the if it's the latter, it's gonna suck. If it's the former, well, I'll give it I'll give it a chance at least as a race. I'm in the country of two shits, but uh... well, that's a whole different. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. I think that's that's all for the news. So we should let's uh, the last sort of ten minutes of the podcast. Let's take a look at the next race which is the classic that is the Monza Grand Prix of Italy who doesn't love a bit of Monza I don't know Um, it's a great track simple but effective although they have straight lines couple of chicanes done they have tarmacked the outside of the Parabolica oh have they yes so it's not immediate gravel like it was boo I hate that do you know that's my I'm waiting to see exactly how far they've bug, done it. Yeah. But possibly my biggest bugbear in Formula One right now. The lack of gravel. Favourite tarmac. See I can I can understand having some tarmac because it is technically safer. You, you, you do you know what I mean? The problem with gravel is that um one of two things can happen that are bad for you, which is A that you just skim over the top of it and don't slow down at all. Or B worse, you dig into it and then you fucking flip the car you know potentially landing headfirst into something that's quite soft so i can understand why there is a re- you know there is a, a safety push to maybe take away some of the gravel but by the looks of things they've pretty much tarmacked almost all of it and then that's just pointless there's got to be some point where you go but if you go this far you're fucked do you know what i mean we'll, we'll let you make a little mistake we'll let you run a little bit wide but we you know past a car's width or two cars widths then see you later you're you know you're spinning your wheels i say i can't if you make mistakes you should be punished um you don't and you don't see that anymore and it's good for the it's good for the championship as well like if, if it's always exciting if someone who's up there in the championship makes a mistake and, and dnfs makes these things up a wee bit but nowadays you know unless there's a major incident at the first corner of that Top drivers aren't going to. You don't see them spinning the car and not finishing anymore. If they don't have re- uh, reliability problems, they tend to finish. And even then, the re- uh, reliability is kind of bulletproof. So, yeah. well, I mean, this season it's not been as such, but 
in, in the past it has. So like basically, I want more DNF. Basically, I want worse reliability, and I want more gravel to punish mistakes because DNFs are fun. It's fun when drivers don't finish. It's, it mixes things up in the championship. It makes things exciting. You got two or three laps to go. A driver in the lead. Oh, he spun the car in the last corner when he's twenty seconds in front, and and often they can just keep going and still win, whereas that should be punished by losing the race or whatever. So, yeah, remember, like, when I started watching Formula One, it was all gravel and hardly any runoff now, so I guess I'm just one of these, I've become the old man that's like, back in my day. <laughs> so, yeah, less runoff, please. Yes, absolutely. Um, predictions for the race, top three? Well... Given this pace of the Red Bull around Spa, I'm going to have to reevaluate what would, would have been my original prediction because normally I'd be writing the Red Bull off around the track like Monza, but they were pretty quick there. So, I mean, it's got to be a Monaco. I can't not predict a Mercedes 1 2 just because that's the most likely. Like, yeah. I mean, you just have to kind of edge on the side of caution. It probably will be that. So I'll go Rosberg, then Lewis. And then Danny. That would be my three. Bottas has been great, but you can't get on the podium every week. Surely there's got to be a time when he isn't. So go with Daniel Ricciardo for given the pace of that Red Bull on Spa and given the pace of Danny Rick himself, he'll be my third. Hmm, okay. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go for that, I think. I think I was I was erring between whether the Williams would be good or not good around there. Um, do you think? Who do you think? I think, I think you're right. I think you know. Last season, the Rebels were much better around Monza than they had been at any other time before. And if they were as good as they were in Spa again, which was an improvement on last season, I think, then I don't see why they they don't have you know some of the tools to be able to make a, a serious impact on the race compared to the other teams. So. Yeah. Do you think um, Lewis or Nico? Battle of the Mercedes. Who knows what could go? That could be, that could be absolute fireworks. Well, there's so many places on. where you can drive for a very long time right next door to somebody. That's a worry. If if you were Total Wolf, you'd be worried. It's not a good track for that. If you are worrying about you know two drivers taking things a bit too far, really going wheel to wheel when they need to be giving each other space, it's, Monster is probably not the track that you would choose. Um, I would be happy as someone who's a Nico Rosberg fan and someone who's bet Nico Rosberg to win the world title I would be happy if they took each other out and both didn't finish I would be absolutely happy with that, it's another race gone and Nico will have his 29 point lead so if they both took each other out and didn't finish, that would be absolutely fine by me <laughs> Fair dues. Uh Let's play our favourite game, what does this track look like? Monza <laughs> doesn't really do much does it? It's a, bit of a, it's a sock <laughs> it's definitely a sock well, it's, it's, There's definitely a sock or a shoe because there's a definite heel at the uh, the left hand side, I think. It's a boomerang. Boomerang's good. Twist it round and it's turn it upside down. It's a gun. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, it could be a, like it a, could be a croissant. Yep. Or it's a. Uh, it's like a a car seat that's thingied back the way. Oh yes, oh, that's so you, a good you, one. You've noticed it back yes. there. So you've got these these yobs driving their cars low down. <laughs> <laughs> Lent all the way back. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Actually, if you if you turn it uh, like ninety degrees to the right, it's like those baseball caps that have the 
uh, like the towel hanging off the back of them that protects the back of your neck. 90 degrees to the right. I'm going to twist my head. <laughs> so like the um, the parabolica becomes into the bottom left-hand corner. And then the, the big curve goes to the top. Oh, left. yeah. I see it. I'm yeah. seeing it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, There's not a lot to work with in one, so is there? Uh, there, there isn't really. It could be a hairdryer. Yeah. That's kind of gunny, though, isn't it, really, I guess? Yeah, I think we've exhausted that one, haven't we? Hmm. I feel like there's got to be one more in there. Actually, where's the bottle opener? Well, is this the one? <laughs> the one in 21 and one. The one that doesn't have a bottle opener. Hmm. I don't think so. And on that bombshell. <laughs> Let's wrap up the podcast for, uh, for this week. Um, it's been another... Great chat. Uh, we've managed to avoid the obvious, <laughs> the obvious topic as much as possible, and don't try to draw too vast an opinion on it, which is always good. Um, but we're always looking out to hear from you guys and hear your opinions and um, and your thoughts on on what we talk about and Formula One in general. And there's a myriad, a literal myriad of ways that you can get in contact with us. Uh, the first and most obvious is via Twitter. Um, we have a uh, podcast. Uh, Twitter, which is uh, Twitter handle, which is at uh, Last Lap Podcast. Try and remember that now. Um, we have a Facebook page, uh, and I can't give you the URL anymore, but I can at least tell you to search for uh, the Last Lap F1 Podcast, and we shall certainly turn up in your search results. So you can contact us there. You can send us messages, reply to our comments. We post our links up there for each of the episodes. Any news that we comes up in the middle of the week that we haven't discussed in the show, we generally try and post and talk about there. So it's a great place to sort of come and, and chat F1. Um, all of the episodes get hosted on uh, the website, which is modernfanatical.co.uk. Uh, all the episodes get posted there, so you can leave a comment for us there, chat about anything that we've been talking about or anything in the news in Formula One. And any site news and news for the podcast also goes up there and on, and on Facebook. If you want to get in contact with us individually, we both have... Twitter addresses that you can you can send us your comments to. Please keep them nice. Please keep them clean. Well, at least keep them nice if you can. Um, <laughs> I am at Man Called Megs. Yeah, and I'm at Fog on the Fourth. Uh, and I think that will do us for this week. Thank you very much for listening, guys, and we will see you after Monza. Goodbye. Goodbye.